0: like she was the best thing in that movie she was seth green's love interest seth green jack Lacker in that film no one is good in that film but her she's the only memorable part of that that movie
1: i mean i'm sure for you and however many people saw that movie you're probably right me and about five other rollerbladers i'm sorry are you calling yourself a rollerblader i was a
0: rollerblader back in the day you have no idea man no
1: like a d2 rollerblader or like you know ollie's rollerblader uh, D two Gotcha, dude. okay. Like I, All I right. could do jumps.
0: I, I could do a full three sixty, which I, I said three sixty because I don't know if you know that's called an axle. I'm sorry, I probably know. That's what we in the game and the biz <laughs> call it. All right. Okay. Now I haven't bladed in a while, but anyway. Oh Jesus Christ! We're calling it blading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's blading. Um, she was in that, and then I saw her on an episode of John Doe. She was the funniest fucker in waiting. Like, yeah. She was hilarious in that movie. And that's that's a
1: tall order, man.
0: For that film, especially, yeah, Yeah. quite the cast in that one. Uh, Meet the Fockers. She's just uh, so good. She's one yeah, of the best no, character
1: actors. I agree. I agree. She's somebody who's been able to be funny and you know in the bit parts. Like you'll see her on a guest spot on like House or something, and she's been able to handle the dramatic. And I I agree. I would have expected her to have a bigger career.
0: Yeah, one of the best character actresses. So I, I just I I feel bad because she really should get more work. She got time. She's got time. That's yeah. true. And she's got a lot of talent. She does. Yeah.
1: But I don't know if she has enough talent to do a podcast. <laughs> I, I think she probably errs on the other side, that she has way too much talent to be doing a podcast. One way to look at it.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to Cigarette Burns, a movie podcast. Cole and I are very excited about this episode because it is about point
1: break. I can't even tell you how excited I am to just talk at length about Bodie. I, <laughs> I, I mean, Patrick Swayze's had many an iconic character. But this is the man. This
0: really is the man. This, yeah. I mean, Pappas is in this movie, played by Gary Busey. <laughs> Angelo Pappas. Another another one of the man for Gary right, Busey, I would right. think.
1: Um, it's just, it's so good. It is so good. But before we get into that, um, because I can't wait to get there, uh, let's do some reviews.
0: Yeah, let's let's do some reviews. How about that?
1: All right, man, what you been watching?
0: So I saw a couple films. Uh, one was called Puzzle with uh, Kelly McDonald and Ephraim Khan. And I love everything from Khan's. in. he's just—I yeah. love listening to his voice. He does have one of those voices. He's got really one of those voices. Yep. This movie, uh, on the surface, is just about competitive jigsaw puzzle solving, uh, which I didn't know that world existed, but maybe it does. At least it does in this movie. Um, <laughs> you bought the premise? I I granted it the premise. That is correct. <laughs> uh, it's about that, but it's really about a woman discovering herself and um, all that kind of good stuff. Good little film. I give it a. 6.4 out of 10. Um, another film I saw which I really enjoyed was free solo. the documentary on um, the guy who the guy who climbs El Capitan without any ropes or anything. so one mistake, he's done, right? He falls and he dies, but he doesn't in the movie. <laughs>
1: spoilers spoilers Spoiler alert. it's still in theaters yeah well he
0: was up on stage when they accepted the Oscar for <laughs> best documentary so that's but, fair okay but, my but bad. Uh, sorry no. guys we're gonna try to avoid that in the future <laughs> yeah uh but no really really good film it gets into the mindset that he has and how it affects the people around him and um what it takes to really be this fucking batshit crazy. Right. Um, I give that film uh, an 8.5 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I, I, I heard really an, enjoyed it. I heard an interview with him and, you know, the filmmakers, and it sounded like it sort of focused not just on his climb, but whether it was almost like ethically okay that they're making a movie, like are they making him climb? And I thought that sounded really interesting. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they touched on it. And it's really,
0: it's a quick watch. It just flies right by. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Uh, and the last thing I saw was on HBO, Skyscraper, that Dwayne Johnson basically <laughs> Die Hard ish remake, but
1: Die Hard ish, Die Hard ish,
0: <laughs> but amped it up like a thousand more stories. So, uh, let, me, so let me
1: guess, <laughs> uh, they made him a superhero. Yeah, well he's a superhero,
0: but he's the amputee mm. and all this stuff. But that that amputated leg really comes into, gotcha. into handy. All right, comes into play there. So a lot. that movie was uh, 5.2 out of 10. And all that is the action and Dwayne Johnson. Nev Campbell's also in it. Excellent, excellent. Good, two weeks for her. Glad she got on the pod two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Great. Uh, Maybe we'll do Scream next and we can get her three in a row. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What about you, man? You been watching anything?
1: Yeah, I saw... Well, I promised... This was a a little while ago. I promised on our last uh, episode that I would review Sorry to Bother You, which was the Boots Riley film uh, that kind of... I don't know if it was controversial... But it seemed to be one of those films where people loved it or people hated it. And, you know, there was some discussion as to whether it should have had some love at the Oscars. It didn't get any nominations of any kind. Uh, Boots Riley did win the Independent Spirit Award for Best Debut Feature, or uh, Best Debut Screenplay. And I, I think it's deserved. It, it was probably uh, the most creative screenplay I saw last year. I don't know that it was the best screenplay, but it showed a lot of promise. Really? Uh, it's a bizarre take... On corporate America, on values, on gentrification, things like that. Um, but it's also a—it's uh, got some bizarre plots with I It's hard to get into too much of it because you can't—you can't touch on it without sort of blowing I what's it. interesting about seeing it. So, yeah. um, you know, Lakeith Stansfield is fantastic. Tessa Thompson's fantastic. I can't wait to see Lakeith Stansfield's career because he just keeps. Choosing interesting roles and then kicking the shit out of them. Atlanta, Get Out. Yep, uh, he was in Snowden. Yep, I mean, just plays completely different characters. Yeah, he's he and he's fantastic in this. Uh, as I mentioned last time, Danny Glover uh, plays a really I don't know that it's pivotal but an interesting and integral role mm-hmm. uh, in the film. Basically, what I can tell you is Lakeith Stansfield plays a guy at a at a telemarketing company. And Danny Glover advises him, use your white voice, essentially, <laughs> to sell to people, and it kind, of, it kind of snowballs from there. But a lot of humor, a lot of dark humor, um, and I give it a 7.5 out of 10. I thought it was great. Um, and for those of you who may be hearing a little whining in the background, Bogart is joining us uh, for podcasting tonight. So Bogues, thanks for joining in. Anything you want to say? Maybe on the next one. Okay, cool. Um, I also watched Breaker Upperers. This is on Netflix, and it's a film from a couple of New Zealand filmmakers, uh, Madeline Sammy and Jackie Van Beek. And they wrote the film, they directed it together, and they both star in it. And basically the premise is that they run this business where if you want to break up with somebody, they will help you break up with them. It's a very interesting and fun premise. They're very funny and engaging actresses. This has a bit of a weird storyline where they fall in love or one of them falls in love with a uh, 18-year-old that's one of their clients, and so it oh, kind of okay. goes off in a bizarre little tangent there. But I give it a six and a half out of ten. I, I thought it was in, it was funny, it was engaging, I enjoyed it.
0: It sounds loosely uh, like that Dermot Mulrooney wedding date movie. Is that
1: at all what it's like? Nope, nope, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think you just wanted to bring up Dermot Mulrooney. I really which, did, <laughs> which I appreciate that. Maybe <laughs> on our Angels in the Outfield podcast, uh, we could talk about him. Well, when the Angels win the <laughs> pennant. but uh, and then the last thing I watched was Denial. This is a. Uh, uh, 2016 film with Rachel Weisz, Tom Wilkinson, um, Timothy Spall, who plays David Irving, who's this um, Holocaust denying quote unquote his, uh, historian from Great Britain, and Rachel Weisz uh, plays Deborah Lipstadt, who was a is a historian who basically called him out and called him a liar. And she sued her, uh, or he sued her in real life. And this was about the real life case, about her having to go over and basically have the courts in England determine that he was lying about the Holocaust. Um, Really, really good, solid movie. I give it a 7 out of 10. It's it's paced well, it's shot well, it's acted well. There's nothing particularly unique about the filmmaking. But I do want to point out Andrew Scott, who plays one of the Barristers. I think this guy's going to have a big career. He plays Moriarty on Sherlock, which is, I'm sure, a TV show that we're going to have to talk about in more depth oh, later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. And it, it's it's sort of a, a scary thought, really, to see not only that this David Irving person exists in real life, but the amount of people who were really behind kind of his movement. So... Seven out of ten. I'd say watch that one in the afternoon so you can follow it up with a comedy because it's a really deep, deep dark movie. Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Well, cool. Are you ready to get into point break?
0: Yeah, no, I, I need to get out there. All right. Well, let's hit them waves.
1: On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf. Party. And make love for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll. Twenty-seven banks in three years. Everybody free. Anything to catch the perfect wave.
0: I'm not a
1: crook. Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation, and hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Keanu Reeves. You think I joined the FBI and learned, surf Point break. Adios, amigo! All right, let's get into this, man, because there's a lot to talk about. I've, there's a lot like, to talk about. Like, this is one of those films that I've seen a million times because when we were talking i mean this thing was on tbs and tnt that's the first place i saw it i Constantly. must have saw it like
0: 10 times before i actually Constantly saw the real okay, version. Okay. <laughs> the unedited I, and,
1: and i remember when i saw the unedited version i was like well, this is like rated r like yeah how did yeah. this make it on tv as much as it made it on it, tv it, but well
0: they allow a lot of violence on tv that but. is true no sex. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's what you get. That's what you get.
1: You so. know, it does have its mandatory early '90s R-rated brief nudity. Yep, um, but she gets shot and stuff. So yeah, you know, it's not not great for her. No, um, but she
0: is a killer man in that scene. We'll yeah, that, sure,
1: but good God, wow, she brings the pain. Yeah, so um, one of the reasons we really talked about doing this 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 show is or this episode is going to air. Uh, a few days after we've recorded it but we are recording on international women's day yeah and we were t- talking about female filmmakers and female directors and screenwriters and you know Catherine bigelow kind of if she doesn't top the list she's certainly towards the top of the list yeah. and while she directed films prior to point break i would call this like her her breakout role for lack of a better pun i guess yeah
0: i i agree with you on that i mean and she is I don't want to say she paved the way, but I think she opened a lot of doors with her Oscar win for Hurt Locker in terms right. of showing that female directors can not only make really good films, but make a film that's going to make a lot of money and also be critically received really
1: well. Yeah, I, and it goes to show, just you know, like anything, unfortunately it still needs to be said, that if you give someone with talent an opportunity, chances are pretty good that they're going to come up with something great. And yeah. you know, while this is what can be considered sort of a standard early 90s action adventure sort of movie um almost really a buddy cop movie, you notice very early on, and I mean in the credit sequence, that the cinematography is a, a notch above that the music is a notch uh, above. We're definitely gonna talk about the score. I mean the score gives such warmth to this film throughout, and even though it sounds like a score that comes from the late eighties, early nineties, it it doesn't A take you out of the movie and B give it that kitschiness. Yeah. that some other scores from that time period have. Like, it's it's incredibly good. And there's a lot of depth to it, yeah. because
0: you really feel the emotions that are going on with the
1: characters in a lot of the scenes through the score. And, dis- and despite how good the score is, how good the filmmaking is, how good the direction and cinematography are, there's a bunch to nitpick about, oh <laughs> about God. with this movie. I mean, oh God. there is so... There are
0: three meatball sandwiches worth <laughs> of things to nitpick <laughs> in this fucker.
1: I mean and, and it you know, I think that's part of the fun of these movies as you go back and and you just can't believe some of the dialogue oh, that is just God. yeah clearly filler dialogue. I mean it, it's so anyway, let's let's get back to the principal characters kind of set up who's who's involved in this thing. Yeah,
0: so it's got Keanu Reeves, um, playing Johnny Utah, and Keanu was coming off of my own private Idaho, which was the same year, and Parenthood, Bill and Ted, River's Edge. So he's becoming a
1: really big star. Right. But I still don't think he had found his footing by the time he had done this. No, film. <laughs> no, his his chops had not arrived at this point. But I do want to ask you real quick, Johnny yeah. U- Johnny Utah, what do you think? Top three best character name
0: ever? Oh yeah. It's right up there. Yeah. Fuck it, yeah.
1: There's a bar in New York. I hope it's still there anyway, called Johnny Utah's. And when I saw it, wasn't looking for it, was like, ah, I gotta I, I have to I have no <laughs> yeah, choice. Such a great name. Yeah, I gotta go in there, I gotta see what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah. So we also have Patrick Swayze playing Bodie,
1: uh-huh. R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. God, that's uh I'm legitimately sad, man. I it's mean, been it, nine years and I'm still legitimately sad about I, that. I,
0: I am too. I really don't want to get into it. It's just so right. upsetting. Yeah. Like, so many others could have gone and we could have had him. I yeah. just that's just wrong. He was coming off of quite the uh quite the catalog here because he was in an episode of Amazing Stories, which is a show I loved as a kid and have found, like, season one DVDs.
1: Well, like, Spielberg directed one. Spielberg, like, like created was yeah, in yeah, one. Yeah,
0: Costner was in one. It, all the big names of the future were, were in those. Um, he was coming off Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost, and then he makes Point Break.
1: Yeah, hot take corner. Yeah, I want to hear it. Favorite Swayze performance. Your favorite Swayze performance is Point Break? I, I think from a depth, like, I have a special place in my heart for Waking Up in Reno, which so we've, ta- we've talked about a ton, yeah. and he's hilarious, and yeah. he's really good in it but upon rewatching this which I, we just did like yep. we just watched this his he's in a different movie and we're going to talk about that a little bit more because there's he's a not lot the of people only one. yeah there's a lot of people that are in different movies in this but he's such a notch above with the material that he he has when he's going up in scenes against Keanu really when he's going up in scenes whoever he's in it with he's just so much better and on a different level that maybe it's just his acting that stands out to me in this film as opposed to who else is with him in, in this in this movie, but this is probably, is arguably my favorite Swayze performance.
0: It's just tough for me to go against a film that has Sam Elliott and Throats being ripped. Yep,
1: no, I agree with you. So. Um
0: Well, it... it <laughs> it's just that's a tough one for me to make, yeah. And that's the beauty of Patrick Swayze is it's a tough fucking call, it is a tough because call. you can make a case for any one of the movies that he's been in, right? Yeah, you can make a case for his performance in Donnie Darko. He's great in Donnie Darko, he's very good. In and Donnie that was Donnie like Darko. a comeback,
1: that was like comeback yeah. Swayze,
0: yeah. And that's a character that he doesn't normally kind of play, no. Um, so it was very against type for him, yeah. He's great.
1: Um, and he's great in this. I mean, this is his movie. This yeah, is his this film. Is absolutely this isn't Keanu. His film. No, this no, is no. this is Patrick Swayze's movie. The
0: best scenes of Keanu are when he's with Patrick Swayze as Bodhi. Who's carrying,
1: through, carrying oh, him through carrying him through those
0: scenes. Yeah. Um we can't forget Gary Busey yep. who plays Angelo Pappas. And he's basically coming off Predator
1: Two. <laughs> this is this is like Academy Award nominee Gary Busey. Yeah, um, Buddy Holly story is a great film, and he's great in it. Yeah, he didn't get nominated for this film. No, 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 no. This <laughs> is a long way past Buddy Holly story here. <laughs> this is this is part of the issue. Like I mentioned earlier, that people are in different movies, like. Patrick Swayze is in Point Break as brought to you by the Royal Shakespeare Company. All right. <laughs> Keanu is in some weird high school workshop film. Yeah, he has not figured out his character. And Gary Busey is in like a weird 60s slapstick comedy yeah. or some shit. And then John C. Riley, who I love. John C. McGinley, you mean? Oh, John C. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. John C. McGinley. My bad. Would love if John C. Riley was <laughs> in the fucking film. Oh, God. So, John C. McGinley, who I actually do love, you know, from Scrubs, a lot of people know from that, uh, he is out of his fucking mind in this film. I mean, he he comes in, he is redlining this part, screams every line, and he's out of like an 80s police procedural where he's the the captain and he's telling everybody, give me your badge, get the fuck out of here, fuck you, and then he says (laughs) the best line ever.
0: (laughs) You're a real Blue Flame special, aren't you, son? Young, dumb, and full of cum. I know. That's all you need that to know. Is, it's such a great line. But I actually like the way you said it as though he was like a twenties beat cop. <laughs> <laughs> can you give can you give the people your impersonation of him as a twenties beat cop just doing that? i
1: people need to hear this, all right? <laughs> I just every time he's every time he's on, all I can hear is him like yelling at me like, give me your badge, she Like that's all I can hear. That's all I can hear him. It's too good. I mean I we're just gonna <laughs> I don't know if we can
0: even continue after that.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, you're welcome, folks. There's a reason I don't act.
0: <laughs> so he's in the film, yep. obviously killing
1: it in every scene he's in. We yeah. have
0: Lori, Petter, Lori Petty, sorry, playing Tyler. So she's the love interest. She's the gateway into. Yeah, and
1: she was on a good little run there. I mean, she that was, was on a good little run. And, yeah, and she she is hard to take your eyes off of when she's in this film. She's very captivating, you know. And and which is weird because I don't think she has a ton to do. I don't no. think they give her a bunch. But she's just an incredibly engaging character. And she went on, like I said, she went on to do A League of Their Own, yep. um, which was very popular. She's having a little bit of a renaissance right now. She's doing Orange is the New Black. I know mm-hmm. she's done, what, two, maybe two and a half seasons of that. But I would argue that she's the MacGuffin
0: in this film. She's what yeah. drives the plot. Yeah. The plot advances yep. every time she's on screen. Well, and so.
1: she's she's the reason that Johnny Utah is doing what he's doing. Yep. You know, there, there isn't they want they make you believe that it's about catching these bank robbers but the the impetus for any action he takes is because of her so should we give the people a little background
0: on the film like let's just go over start going over the plot a little bit yeah later. you're right so basically, what this film is about is it starts off a little bit like Silence of the Lambs in terms of yeah. he, he's a Quantico, yeah, and then it goes 180 from what <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is. We there's <laughs> no Hannibal Lecter in this
1: one. Nope, we have Gary Busey. <laughs> we have Gary in Busey. Hawaiian shirts and meatball subs. That's what we have. Jumping into
0: a pool sideways to pick up bricks. <laughs> that <laughs> happens. Think, We're not making that up. No. Well, he's got to show his
1: fitness, right? Right, right. Well, and what I will say about the title sequence that I really liked though is it gives you a ton of exposition without digging into the. The actual film itself, and so the way that the se- the sequence plays out are these beautiful slow motion shots of uh surfers. Yeah, of these great like sort of underwater scenes with these wave breaks, and they're they're engaging and they're beautiful. And then it's juxtaposed with him going through the shooting course and showing that Keanu yeah. Reeves basically knows how to shoot a gun. But in the
0: rain, yeah, he, he, You got to do it in the rain, well, right? I
1: mean. <laughs> Bookends,
0: bookends. We're not, we're not there yet. But we're bookends. not there. But I mean, he's he's doing it in the ring, so he shows that he can. Well,
1: and, and they're also showing it. you that he can make a shot, which yeah. which comes up a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yep, it does. Um,
0: so basically, this takes place in Los Angeles, which is the bank robbery capital of the world, and Johnny Utah. Apparently, like, apparently, like I don't know. <laughs> we both live here. I don't know <laughs> this. I just recently watched *Denna Thieves*, and they said the same thing. So evidently, <laughs> since ninety one. 2018 it has not changed well, to a lot of bank robberies i'm
1: sure it's not because um johnny utah uh not great at his job
0: we'll get, we'll get into that
1: we'll get oh he's fresh <laughs> he's fresh out of quantico man so what, what do you expect from the dude
0: <laughs> fucking terrible he's not good uh but pappas is 22 years of job and he's a fucking moron <laughs> okay. he's just really it's great so basically he gets out of quantico and now he's in the fbi um branch in los angeles Studying bank rob... Or not studying, but... <laughs> studying bank robbing? Solving bank robbery car- crimes. Evidently... There's He's not solving shit, things. man. He ain't solving shit, no. <laughs> Evidently, there's like... Four FBI agents, though, that are in the bank crimes unit. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. And so one of them is uh, Angelo Pappas, played by Gary Busey. And we'll just call him Pappas from now on. Yep. And we'll just call Keanu Reeves' character Johnny Utah, Utah, from now on. Just well, to make it easier. fuck you.
1: I'm going to call him Johnny Utah, man. That's just <laughs> oh, too I'm good. Johnny Utah. It's fine, it's it's fine with me. It's
0: um, So basically is a seasoned veteran, 22, even though he's not really good at his job. And Johnny Utah, the new young, dumb, and full of you-know-what, comes into play here, and they become partners. So it's like, you know, opposites, if you will. Which has never really been
1: done in a film (laughs) before. But I will admit, like, the script for this film is pretty damn sharp. Well, the thing that's sharp about the script isn't as much the writing as the pacing. They don't mess around. Like, it's a two-hour film, but it goes... Scene to scene to scene to scene with very little fat to trim. Mm -hmm. I mean, you watch it and you would think maybe I could shave a little something but you really yeah. can. I mean it there's not a lot of wasted space and anything you want to cut is some sort of really cheesy line that you, you wouldn't want to get rid of because no, you awesome. would not want to get
0: rid of. And you'll hear all those cheesy lines I'm sure today. <laughs> but basically what we see then is we see these guys pull up to a bank dressed up as uh, with pre- mass of ex-presidents on them. Which
1: is which is the name of their bank robbing crew. Yeah. The group is
0: called the Ex-Presidents. Great name. Um it Really is. And they go into the bank they're in and out in 90 seconds. So they've robbed 27 banks in 3 years. Nobody ever gets shot, and they never go for the vault, because that takes too much time. Too much time. So do you think maybe they will go to the vault at some point? I don't know. I don't know about foreshadowing. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay. So Pappas has a theory on on these guys, right? So when he's talking to Utah, what's his theory on these dudes?
1: Well, like, the thing that's crazy about this entire setup, and I I hate to get kind of logical about any of this, but... Pappas has been chasing these guys since they started Robin Banks. Three years now. He did some analysis, and he's got a, a theory based on the very little evidence that's ever been collected that there's this carnuba wax, that they traced it back, that it's sex wax... Yep. ...that you would put on a surfboard for traction. Yep. And no, everyone's making fun of him. They're making fun of him in the field office about it. Yep. They're just laughing at him. Johnny Utah comes in, and all of a sudden, the boss is like, Yeah, do an undercover operation. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no fucking idea why... <laughs> They're <laughs> like, now you can do it. It's okay. Especially you- when the boss is always angry. It oh, does not cursed. seem like the
0: kind of guy who would wanna, you know, put money behind this thing. Taxpayer no. funds, if you will.
1: No, it uh it's it belies belief, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it because I love it. Yeah. Okay. So they, they get they get the okay apparently for Pappas and Johnny Utah to go out and they're like, Okay, Johnny you be a surfer and get in like with this surfing culture and then I'm your backup and we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll find who these we'll guys find are. find who these guys are and we'll infiltrate them. And part of also why he thinks that they're surfers is because of a tan line. One of them mooned uh, a camera yep. and you see a tan line. He's like, see, they got a tan line. I got sex wax. They're surfers. That's it. And they're seasonal bank robbers. So what they're yep. thinking is that they
0: just follow the sun in terms of where the right. waves are, wherever they can get pitted, that's where they're going to be
1: robbing right. banks. <laughs> I mean, how many times are you going to say that?
0: I'm just saying, it's a term. I, I have a good authority that you're, that is a surfing you're term. You're a blader
1: today. You're surfing. It's hey, great. I'm just saying.
0: I got the terminology. Wait till we get to a snowboarding movie.
1: So it, it goes, you know, it, it basically goes with Johnny Utah, goes to the beach, buys some dipshit surfboard uh, in a suit, by the yeah. way, which is just great undercover work from I mean, from the start. Neon pink. Surf and point. he goes and he tries to surf, and that's where he runs into Lori Petty. Yeah. And he tries to basically, uh, he almost runs her over, she saves his life, mm-hmm. and then he follows her to try and get surf lessons. And he, f- he follows her in one of the greatest examples of undercover work ever, which he and Pappas have decided that the way that you <laughs> surveil people is that you hang out the window of your car <laughs> with the largest pair of binoculars that you can buy. Yeah. And just you on just, the side of the road, not on, behind
0: yep. a bush, nope. nothing, just on the side of the fucking road, yep. right next to the water.
1: And you just point it right at your subject, Yep. and then you get the license plate, and then you follow her, and it, when you look like Keanu Reeves, you get surf lessons. I guess you
0: do, well, the, the part that I love is when Lori Petty, I don't know if anyone has seen Lori Petty out there versus Keanu Reeves, but Keanu is about a foot taller than her. Yep. She pulls him out of the water, and I think, you know. Well, she's strong. She, she's, again, I'll grant it, real strong. But so he goes and he finds out where she, he finds out some background on her first actually, that her parents died. Yep. And he uses that to when he goes to Neptune's net, which is also the place that was in Fast and the Furious where dom and brian went to after the first race we will get into
1: the connection well i actually i actually think i think now is a good time to get into it because there's gonna be too many there's gonna be too many as we move along fast and the furious which i'm assuming you all have seen and while we try to avoid spoilers it's been about 20 years i feel we've given you enough time Uh uh-huh fast and the furious is a remake of point break but not nearly as good no it's not nearly as good now it's not bad
0: it's a very fun yeah. movie to watch, but it ain't point break. And
1: it knows it's a remake of point break.
0: Yeah. By the way, it, it, it does a lot that. of
1: things in it that happen in this film. Um, it's way better than the point break remake.
0: We can't, I don't want to bring that up. That's For fair. the listeners out there, we're not even going to talk about yeah.
1: that piece of shit
0: that came out a couple <laughs> years ago.
1: I'm not as violently. I mean, it was I bad. I went to the theater to see it. That was your mistake. That
0: was my mistake, but. Yep. Oh, my fucking God. What yeah. I don't know how that movie got made. Yeah. But anyway, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, so anyway, Fast and Furious is a remake of Point Break. Instead of surfing, you have cars. Yeah. Basically, instead of robbing banks, they're robbing trucks to get, you know, electronics and goods and shit like that. Right. So,
1: But there's anyway. also a lot of really kind of cool nods, I think, in Fast and the Furious yep. um, to sort of honor... The history that is Point Break. Yeah. And so I appreciate I appreciate Fast and the Furious knowing that they were ripping off Point Break.
0: Yeah. So when Keanu goes to Neptune's Net, he is talking to Lori Petty's character, Tyler. And he's telling her, like, I really want you to teach me how to surf. My whole life I've done this, this, this. And then my parents died in a car accident. And now I feel like I have to, I owe this to myself to kind of do this. Basically just pulling on her heartstrings and that's what gets her in.
1: And this is literally the one piece of good undercover work yeah. that he does in the entire but He film. doesn't
0: even do it. Someone else is on the computer searching Yeah, but for he comes stuff. up with the
1: idea. He gets the credit. True. He comes up, he said, true. that's what I'm going to use. Yep. There yep. it is. That's so true. I will give him credit for getting, I mean, he fucks everything else up. He really but does. But he does, he does start the undercover operation on the yeah. right foot yeah so when he gets the lessons she she finally agrees okay i'll give you lessons. she doesn't want to but she's like screw it let's do it and they kind of meet up with this is where we meet bodie this is the first because yeah you know this isn't one of those films where they they put uh swayze in front of you right away Mm-mm. and they hold him back for a while it's probably 20 ish 25 minutes into the yeah. film before you get get to him and when he comes up you know, you could sort of see the shadowy figure surfing, and this beautiful music. I mean, phenomenal. He's a complete score. godlike figure yeah. surfing these waves. And, and when when he's coming in, they slow it down. The surfing is slow mode, and it really is. It's it's a religious experience watching it. It's, yeah, there's light behind him. He's basically this Christ-like figure. And you find out that, you know, his name's Bodie, he's a very spiritual guy, and Lori Petty looks up to him, they clearly were together, and they mentioned that a few times, that they used to be uh, together back in the day. But Johnny Utah starts hanging out with Bodie's crew, and so they Well, meet- that first
0: night, they're there, you know, Johnny Utah catches a football. Now, right. Johnny Utah was a former football, we learned, was a former football star at yep. Ohio State. yep. And uh, won the Rose Bowl, but then blew out his knee in the fourth quarter. Got nuked, as Bodie yep. puts it. So they don't know this, but he goes and plays football with them when the first night he meets them. And this is a beach football scene that rivals the beach volleyball scene in it, Top Gun.
1: It was. This, this was Top Gun. This was, uh, you know, soccer scene from Karate Kid. This was yep. another great example. Basically, if you want to have a compelling sports uh, moment in a non-sports film... Put it on the beach. Yep. And uh, this one was taken up a notch because they're playing beach football at night. And a lot of them are wearing, like, leather pants. Leathers.
0: Yep, they're wearing the leathers and the leather vests. <laughs> I mean, it's... But what what else did we notice? They're taking the
1: snaps under center. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't get... <laughs> I don't understand why they're not going from the shotgun. No. Like I've played a lot of pickup football games in my life, especially growing up. You go to the you know, the yard yeah. and you get as many people as you can yep. and you play pickup football and you're drawing plays in the dirt. What I never did ever was take a snap under center.
0: No, because who says I wanna play center? Yeah. I want you to put your hands under my ass so that I can snap this ball. To in you.
1: the in this field game of like pickup football, yeah, no, it, but every snap in this film is taken under center. <laughs> well, yeah, they got so, it here to adhere some rules. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll rob the banks, but I mean, we can't be doing this no. shotgun shit. <laughs> no
0: way. Uh, so they're playing the game and uh, Johnny Utah's obviously playing quarterback and uh, him and Bodie are are rivals in the game and he's chasing down Bodie on one of the plays tackles him into the water the other guys from the group come over and they kind of start giving him shit and that's when Bodie is like
1: what the fuck is wrong with you? don't you think that's a little out of line? whoa whoa whoa, cool it Roach don't you know who this is? no I don't know who this is this is Johnny Utah Ohio State Buckeyes all conference remember? But one of the things that was really, I think, well done, and it's a small thing, is when that crew comes over, they are ready to pounce on Johnny Utah to protect Bodie, yep. which further shows like he's the moral center, he's the leader, he's the guy who, if he says something, they do it. Yeah, and they're there to protect the well being of him, and that goes that goes a long way throughout the rest of the film.
0: And that scene also shows foreshadows Utah
1: chasing Bodie, and it's it, well done. And it foreshadows it because there's a pretty long sequence where you just see. Johnny Utah running after Bodie. Yes,
0: yeah. that is correct. Um, so that kind of gets us through the introduction. Now we know like who, how the characters all meet, yeah. who they are, the dynamics between them. The fact that Swayze has entered this film now as Bodie. he's so
1: fucking charismatic. He's got a Swayze personality to him. Yeah. You know, it's. I think it's one of the parts. This is why he works so well in Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. I think one of the great things about Patrick Swayze was he looked like he could kick your ass, and in a lot of movies he did kick your ass. Yeah, but he did it in a quiet, sort of thoughtful way. Like even when he was imposing violence on people in Roadhouse, even when he's imposing violence, like one of the things is he doesn't shoot people in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want to use violence at all. No, but he can. You see him in a fight with some other surfers when he's protecting Johnny Utah. You see him in a. You see him in other fights later in the film. Where he's capable, but it's sort of a method of last resort for him.
0: Well, because he lives his life, I think, by the Creo, be nice until it's time to not be nice. There you go. I live my life the same way. Do
1: you? You get in a lot of these situations? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> from, from time to time, I mean, you know? so, so,
1: like, you're at Ralph's, and the person in front of you has got 16 items, and the 15 items are less, and you, you're steaming, but you're like, I'm like, be nice. This is the time to be nice. It's not the time to... Not, Not be nice. nice. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's how that worked. So we've advanced now because they found some hair samples from the last robbery. Yeah, And they tested it, and through this complicated process... That doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. They figure out that, oh, Latigo Beach, that's where these hair samples basically came from, with all these titanium elements and all this arsenic Basically shit. what <laughs> happened
1: was this hair had GPS in it. Yeah, but it did. <laughs> it's, so they were like, go to this one beach. Because they
0: took a lot of samples of, of hair from surfers at different beaches, dudes getting high. They just started cutting people's hair off. They really did. Gianni <laughs> was like putting his bra voice on. Bra, you got a nasty nasty thing in your hair, bra.
1: <laughs> oh, I just saved your life, bruh. What is wrong with like, is like
0: that? That's what he sounded like.
1: That's it, man. Dude, you grew up in California. <laughs> that can't be your problem bra- <laughs>
0: That's my bra, that's my bra- boy, bro. That's <laughs> too That's too good. Come on! Oh shit! So, so they they isolated to Latigo Beach. So of course, yeah, Utah's got to go surf Latigo, and he—that's <laughs> in the surfing culture. Cole, you may not know this. Rollerblading culture was very similar. You're too excited, man! You get too—you get rollerblading culture was very similar. You have the places where you blade, okay? I, okay. And if other crews try to come and step to you. <laughs> Dave, what do you got to do, man? You got to run. <laughs> so you got to defend your plate so you have a blade off. In this case, they fight. To each his own, man. You know, other times we would we would have a dance off. We would stop that yard. Rock. Rock.
1: don't move. You've got some huge sucker crawling right into your ear. Got it. Hey, uh, leave some fucking air, man. Is it? Saved your life,
0: bro. I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's the same voice. I, it sounds like the
1: same thing. I just. You know what? If I just grant it, can we just move on? Yeah, we can move on okay. then. Okay. I take that as a yes. <laughs> you took that more personally than I thought you were going to, but... I'm just saying,
0: look, it's all good,
1: bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, basically, now Utah gets into a fight yep. with War Child's crew at Lago Beach. You, you don't, don't want to fuck
1: with War Child. Mm-mm. Do not fu- Or Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> yep. And and that was good advice from Bodie after the fact. <laughs> that was. And, and War Child, like... Just karate chops that. Oh my hat. god!
0: That's like it's styrofoam. Yeah, it was, it was, that was crazy. Is it impressive. It's very impressive. But these guys yeah. are psychopaths. Like they're insane. They can't even drive on the road. They got to park nope. in their front yard. Yep. yep. So Bodhi comes and he helps Utah out <laughs> and and they fight off War Child's Group and then Bodhi invites Utah to a party with Tyler later
1: on. That yeah, day. he's like, hey, I'm having a house party, and so you should come by. And Utah's like, yeah, absolutely. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah. And, and at this point, Utah is really just like wanting to hang out with these people. A, to serve. And I think he's intrigued by Bodie. I think he likes uh, Bodie. There's a connection yeah, there big time. Two. Big time connection. A romance there. Yeah, and there's, even though there's a good romance between Petty and Utah, as the yep. movie goes on, the connection and sort of the chemistry between Swayze and Keanu Reeves is palpable and really yes, really good and sort of pisses you off that you're like you never saw them on screen again together mhm But before he gets to the movie, or before he gets to the movie, (laughs) before he gets to the party, uh, he jumps in with Pappas, jumps in the car, and he's like, hey, we got some police work to do. I know the surfers that I think are doing it. Yeah. And they follow the psycho surfers that he got in the fight with, and he runs the plates, and he gets the address, and he does all this stuff, and he follows them home. And they're fucking lunatics. (laughs) They are absolutely crazy. And this this is where Johnny Utah's police skills um, start to show just really how terrible they are, because he's He's like... fresh
0: out of Quantico, man. (laughs) I mean, top 2% and all, but still... Still.
1: First thing, first thing Pappas tells him about these bank robbers is like they're pros. They're incredible. They're so smart. They never get caught. They're only in 90 seconds. They don't go after the vault. They're perfect. They only do it seasonal. Yep. They're, they've done 700 robberies in the last 15 minutes. Like, he, they're, they're the best bank robbers ever. And then he's looking at these morons, <laughs> and he's like, these are the guys. These dipshits that are driving all over the road and almost parking their own front door <laughs> yeah. with their Jeep. <laughs> these are the ones that are calm, cool, the, and collected. Yeah, these guys. Get out
0: 90 seconds and no vault. Yeah. These That's guys, it.
1: These guys have the discipline to execute <laughs> multiple bank robberies a year. Um, so, uh, again, Johnny Utah... Apparently great at quarterback, <laughs> shitty at police work. Yeah, not great at keeping his knee healthy though. Can't do that much <laughs> <Nope, with> shit. <laughs> no, nope, that knee she weak.
0: Yeah, she not good. So we end up uh, at the party. Uh Tyler's way overdressed for this party.
1: Yeah, yeah. They put like the costume designer was like, "Okay, we got a beach party. We got bonfires, drinking, you know, just a bunch of beach bums, bunch of surfers hanging out. What do we put Tyler in?" Velvet blue mini dress. <laughs> yep, yep. We got to dress her up. Got the hair going. She, I mean, she went. She styled and profiled to this thing. In
0: her defense, I really think she's trying to
1: court Utah at this point. I yeah, I was all for Utah right. and all to make Bodie she a jealous. She, she looked great. She looked
0: great. She looked great. It's just she sticks out. at this party. she did. Yep. Um, but obviously, it's a night party at the beach, so you're gonna have some night nice surfing. Got to do night nice surfing. Bodie gets the crew out there. This Utah's is the. Nervous.
1: This is like the sort of the Tux Day football uh, from Point Break. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it's, but it's much, much better executed. Yeah, than there's a, state football. I will say, because you understand why the fuck they're doing it.
1: <laughs> and there's a slightly better
0: level of filmmaking, slightly better. But yeah, no Sistero in this one. Nope, no.
1: Nope. <laughs> got some guys that kind of look like him though. Maybe that's yes, the. But do. so they go out, and this is this is again the connection between Bodie and Utah. Yeah, right? where they're looking at each other, and he's like, "Man, I know you got it in you. I I see it in you. I saw it at the beach. I saw it in the football game. Come out. We're gonna go ride these waves at night. And you just gotta be one with the ocean. It's all about this connection between the person you have, and the ocean. You feel the essence, the energy of the wave. Let it encompass you. Right. You ride that shit. Yeah. And, and, you know, Utah's like, you're crazy, man. I can't see anything. He's so like, don't worry about it. Because, like, a part of what Bodie is all about or that he tries to say that he's all about is you ride for a reason, right? Yeah. And what I love about uh, Tyler, Lori Petty's character, is that she keeps calling him on this macho bullshit. And those are her words. Like, mm-hmm. sick of this macho bullshit. And <clears throat> what's really, I think, intriguing about Tyler's character, which uh, you didn't see a ton at that time and you don't see a ton now, is she didn't rely on any of these guys. Yeah. She was thoroughly independent. There was not this sort of hanger-on reliance quality that you got in a lot of heroines and movies. That, you know, she's it, a very independent character. Yeah, right? and, she's and doing that was her own thing. It made me want there them to develop her character more. I wanted to see her do more stuff. This speaks to Catherine Bigelow's direction and handling mm-hmm. the script. I'm no doubt at all in my mind about that. Yeah, and she and, and it was great casting. Like she had that perfect '90s vibe, and she she carries strength, and she was. Like I said, if I was going to add anything to the movie, it really would have been developing her more.
0: Yeah. So her and Utah, basically, after this night surfing, Swayze and the crew leave, Mm -hmm. and it's just Utah and Tyler, and I don't know, I guess Bodie would say they combined their energy through penetration. That's one (laughs) way to
1: put it. That is the very... uh, That's the Bodie way. That's the Bodie way to put it, yes. Um, They they, hook up. Yep. I was going to say, in a different parlance, (laughs) it happens for them. They sleep on the beach together, and uh, they wake up, and... Johnny Utah in another excellent (laughs) display of his professionalism and police work. Uh, wakes up on the beach and forgets that he has a raid that he called in a favor to get a hurry up warrant. (laughs) And they say, we're going to execute it at this time in the morning, be there. And he's like, yeah, I got this house party I got to go to clearly because I'm a professional. (laughs) Um, And then I will be there. So he shows up late in street clothes and he's undercover (laughs) and he just gets out of the car, gun in his hand, holding it in the air. Grabs a radio from the other fucking car that's there, like right next to him. He don't even have his radio. Nope, he's not prepared at all. He's not prepared. And then he shows up, and this big raid on his house, and they decided they're going in with two guys.
0: Yeah, and Pappas. And Pappas. Pappas is gonna walk up the front door, knock on the door because he's lost Scooby, his dog. Yep, very unique, (laughs) unique name. Pappas is a creative guy. Very creative. Gets to the door. The woman doesn't want to let him in. Right. I haven't seen your fucking dog. Now,
1: all this stuff. At, but even before he gets there, he's he's yelling at Utah on yeah. the radio. And he says, yeah. Utah, you're undercover, so you're just backup. You're, you're not coming in. You're yeah. backup if we need you, worst case scenario. And yet again, shitty police work <laughs> and understanding of the undercover process for Mr. Utah. Um, he hides behind a window, and then he sort of just decides, fuck it, I'm going in.
0: Well, yeah. Well, they also can't really hear that well because the lawnmower starts yep. next door. So all the radios, they can't hear anything over the lawnmower. And, and there's
1: not a lot of great cops with the FBI. There's not a lot of agents with the FBI uh, because they were like, I can't hear anything because of the, radio, or the lawnmower. I'll just take out my earpiece. Yeah, I don't need that. Entirely. No, it's useless. And we can just sort of apparently do hand signals and shit.
0: They do this raid. Kiedis shoots himself in the foot. <laughs> um... Warchild Utah and War Child fight, and they almost kill each other over the lawnmower. Yep. Um, that stops because Pappas shoots the fucking lawnmower to Not, stop it. Doesn't
1: shoot the guy that's uh, almost cutting off Utah's head, yeah. but shoots the lawnmower. I think a couple of the other of Warchild's gangs uh, get killed in, they the, do. in the process. Yep. A couple people get killed. They, this is where the mandatory 1991 nudity comes in, but the woman who they have naked... Kicks the shit out of like four different people. She kicks the shit out of Utah. Oh She's yeah, like
0: fucking stabbing dudes. She's yep. naked the whole time doing this for no reason. No, well she just got out the shower. It's the morning. That's she took fair. A shower right. Continuity. Continuity exactly. So she she does that. Then they end up taking her down and oh like it's
1: it's a whole thing. And to to go back, even though there's plenty to nitpick. Yeah. it's a wonderfully shot scene.
0: It really. The whole movie's wonderfully shot.
1: Yeah, and it, this scene and in the, particular. the action sequences you see in. I mean, we're 27 years on now, and yeah. you've seen cribbing from this movie especially point of view shots the point of view shots through this film are fantastic we'll get
0: to the chase later on it really has been copied so yep. many times but basically we do. they do this raid they get the guys they're kind of happy and then they realize oh fuck there's an undercover DEA agent who was in the house played by Tom Sizemore an, an ecstatic Tom Sizemore and let's just I, I, just, I have to play this little bit because I mean he really goes over
1: the top god damn some bitch Ah, you know the cowboys are. Uh, A you know the real cowboys, right? Batman and Robin. You know what this is, huh? You know
0: what this is, punk? There's two keys. Uncut. Crystal meth. Oh, shit. Special in Utah. I'd like you to meet Agent Dietz. Works for the DEA. He was working deep cover until <sighs> you... You think I like this air, man? Huh? You think I like these clothes? My wife wants me to stay at Ramada. I've been working on these fuckers for what? three months! Three months! Now, I finally got him wanting to play Wheel of Fortune with me so I can find out who the supplier's is, and you fucking cowboys show up. Nice tattoo, Deeds. Oh, you like that, Pathos, huh? Fuck you. Here's a record of your suspect's movements for every day over the last three months.
1: All I want to know, smart guy, okay?
0: All I want to know is how are these guys robbing Tarzana City National Bank on August 2nd when they were in Fort fucking Lauderdale August 2nd? Why don't you figure that out? That's not an easy thing to do, is it, Utah? You fucking
1: jerks. This is our only competition for the John C. McGinley Award.
0: Yes, that is very true. Now John, very
1: Johnny true. C still gets it because he has more screen time in this film, yeah, yeah. and he is over the top in every minute of it. But Tom Sizemore had his eye on the prize. He really did. He came to play. He came to play. He was in John C McGinley's movie. Yes, there's four different movies. He was in John C McGinley's and movie,
0: and I think he took some meth before he did he his. Did. This made his line there. and Gave it. He's good. But basically, War Child's gang—they aren't. They're meth dealers, they, man. Yeah, they, they are, are not they are like smart fucking enough. bank
1: robbers. <laughs> they are smart enough to run drugs in some in california they are not smart enough to be the ex-presidents and this is what leads utah to he
0: sees bodie's group again and because he's about to go surfing with uh, with tyler and then he realizes oh shit these guys are the ex-presidents he sees the dynamic between them on the waves and he puts it all together and he's like fuck so then he goes to pappas he runs
1: straight to pappas he's like i got it i, I saw it, it
0: because he, he followed bodie for the rest of the day through all of, of my surfing. shitty
1: police work yeah i figured it out
0: and he explains it to Pappas, and he's like, look, they just cased this one bank. This is one month left in the the summer, so we're winding down here. They got one more job they're going to do. He explains it to him, and then Pappas is like, we're already too late. They're probably halfway to Maui. And it's kind of like... Did you hear what I just fucking told you? They were just casing a place. You don't
1: case a place to then go to Maui. It it was immediately how you realized that Pappas wasn't going to be able to catch these guys on his own. The reason Pappas has struck out for three years is because he's probably watched these guys case a million banks and gone, I'm too late. Yeah,
0: I'm too late.
1: (laughs) They must be in there depositing.
0: (laughs) They're they're casing the bank so they can rob it in a year. (laughs) I just... Oh, my God. So, basically, this ends up with... Utah and Pappas are now outside that bank because they're pretty sure the ex-presidents are going to rob it and yep. Utah knows who the ex-presidents are. Yep. And that leads us to this, I would say in my opinion, iconic exchange right here. It's time for lunch. Angelo, it's 1030. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, partner. Two. Thank you. Utah! Give me two! God God, scared me! Yeah. Here's the one that looks like a roadkill. A roadkill? Troy. Thank you very much. Here's your lemonade. Ah, thanks. Oh. She said, Lincoln, pull up. I'm so hungry I could eat the ass end out of a dead rhino. I should have had
1: you give me three of these things. Gimme two, Utah. (laughs) Again. Give me two. (laughs) Again. Phenomenal police work. We've got a great mentor. Yep. And then we have Johnny Utah the sponge soaking up all this all this great knowledge and know how. And uh yeah, they miss the bank. I do wanna point out when Utah goes <laughs> to get the meatball sandwiches, he
0: also gets a tuna sandwich, which is the same thing that Paul Walker's character Brian O'Connor ordered when he went into Dom's restaurant the first time in the first Fast and the Furious. I just wanna throw that in there that but- they didn't really rewrite a bunch in the script. They probably changed <laughs> surfing to cars,
1: and that was about it for the But I do part. appreciate the homage.
0: Yeah, call it that, call it
1: that, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um. It's plagiarism if you do it shittily, it's an homage if you do it right.
0: Basically, he's reading comics... They missed the fucking robbery, so now we end up with this chase.
1: You know, most action movies will have that one sequence. Even though there might be a bunch of action sequences, there's usually the one that stands out. This is that one. Yeah. Um, this film is known for the chase scene. It's a long, extended chase where... Starts in the cars, and then ends up on foot. Yeah, and, and some really cool uh, you know, pyrotechnics, really, where... You get this great uh, flamethrower at the gas station <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they're they're setting the first car on fire, and Swayze you know takes out a lighter and takes out the uh, you know at the gas station mm-hmm. and just turns it into a flamethrower, lights the car on fire. Utah starts running after Swayze. Yeah, he clocks okay. him, and yep. then he's
0: running after him. Then we get this great chase with a lot of good point of view shots, and, and the editing is really
1: sharp. Like there's there's Very a bunch sharp. of cuts, but they're not. It's not. It's not to the point where it makes you nauseous. It's yeah. not to the point where, you know, you have a headache because it's jumping all over the place. No whiplash. It's just, it's just good good editing. Yeah. And so, he even throws a dog at it at one point. It's,
0: it's, he does it's, throw
1: it. Like, <laughs> there's some weird stuff, like, uh, I would say thematically. Not, yeah. not from the camera movements, but... First of all, you have Gary Busey who fires off a bunch of rounds and doesn't hit shit. Nobody
0: can hit anything in this fucking movie. And
1: then you have, uh, you know, Swayze is actually out distancing Utah pretty good. Yeah. But then you have got times where like he'll wait for him, <laughs> and one of those times he has a pit bull in his hands and he throws a pit bull. And then at the next Keanu. scene
0: you see Keanu or you see Utah just drop kick the <laughs> drop kick the pit bull. It just the pit bull, which was half Keanu's size, in my head. <laughs> just makes no sense
1: yeah. um for for the animal lovers out there and i certainly am one you don't actually you see do him that. kick yeah. Yeah. the dog yeah it's it makes no sense but they keep chasing him yep and then old trickney <laughs>
0: trickney comes back bynopith, him.
1: jumps down into the la river which for those who
0: live in la for those who don't know is not really a river it's, it's not just a river. concrete it's a concrete ditch <laughs> with a little bit of a little creek little dribble of water every yep. now and then but Drops down in there, and now he can't chase Swayze anymore. But Swayze's about to hop out of the place, and he sees that Utah has the gun trained on him, and he knows he's not going to shoot him. Well,
1: and if you remember the credit sequence, Utah can shoot. He can shoot. He can hit targets. Yeah. Top 2%. And, yeah, and and Swayze's just staying there. Bodie's yep. just looking at him, and they lock eyes, Yep. and Utah doesn't pull the trigger. Doesn't do and, it. And before Utah decides he's not going to pull the trigger... Bodie figures it out first, and then keeps running. And then you hear Utah, or you see Utah, just fire off all fire the rounds, fire off all the
0: rounds up in the air, just, just like in Hot Fuzz, which obviously referenced Point Break. Yep, um, and it was so well done in Hot Fuzz. It was well. Hot Fuzz that. is a great film. That's a great. Everyone watch Hot Fuzz. It's yes. hilarious.
1: And you know, this is what I meant to kind of throw Gary Busey under the bus for <laughs> not hitting shit when he had the chance. Was he gets to Utah and he looks at him and he goes, "When you shoot, don't miss." <laughs> And it was like, look, asshole.
0: You were ten feet from yeah. the fucking car.
1: I mean, this guy was at least a hundred yards away. I'm not even sure the bullet would have penetrated him. <laughs> but you you could have shot him like four or five yeah. times at this point. Yes. But absolutely. again, again, thanks, Pat. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah.
0: So now after this chase sequence, he's he's uh, at Tyler's at Tyler's place, or he's with Tyler, and Tyler finds out that he's an FBI agent. Yeah, bold wake-up move by Tyler here. She shoots the fucking pillow. Yeah. That's like straight out of Goodfellas. Yeah, I mean, she, she came to play. Yeah, she definitely did. So she confronts him. She breaks up with him. She's fucking furious. She's like, your parents aren't really dead, are they? And he's like, no, they're not. I used you, but it's more than that now. I'm, I'm falling for you. She doesn't care. She's gone. He knows that Bodhi knows. And I mean, his whole world is just collapsing now.
1: And there's some cool scenes from with Bodhi because you see his intellect start to kick in. Yeah. Because the rest of his crew is basically like, let's get this guy. Let's either, you know, half of them are like, let's split. Let's get We're the, screwed. Out of town. Yep. the other half are like, let's fuck this guy up. We know who he is. Let's take care of it. And then Bodie is sort of coming up with this plan. Yeah. You don't quite know where he's going to go with it. And the next thing you know, he just kind of shows up at Utah's yep. and says, "Hey, man, let's get rolling," and acts like nothing's really going on, even though they both know they both that each know. Other know. And, it, and it's played it played brilliantly by Swayze because Swayze's the only one who can pull that off. That's in what I'm saying. Film.
0: Yep. So he takes Utah and he takes some skydiving, and you're kind of wondering like. Are they gonna fucking throw him out of the plane? Are they gonna kill him? What are they gonna do? They get up there and they literally just skydive in formation. At one point, he's a quick, quick learner. Is is Utah? Yes. Jumps by himself. They make a nice little formation. He pulls the chute. They land in water. And then Utah's kind of like, everything's okay, but I don't really know where we're at. And then we go into the van and yeah. fucking Bodhi reveals. Yeah,
1: he shows him this like hostage video, right? Yeah. And, and the the thing that's crazy is on this jump, which again gorgeously choreographed um and and very well shot but you see this connection again where they kind of forget in this free fall what's going on and Johnny Utah has this connection with Bodie again yeah and all the guys are coming together and it's sort of this shock back to reality once you hit ground which the metaphor was fantastic as you're floating in this moment Mm -hmm. and you're forgetting everything around you and then the minute you connect back with the ground it's it's back to the, the reality of the situation. Yeah. And then they put him in there. They play the VHS of this kind of video where Tyler might get tortured. And mm-hmm. and now it's a survival game. Yeah,
0: because basically if uh, Bodhi doesn't get to the rendezvous point by 3 o'clock, yep. then they're going to kill Tyler. And so because they're going to kill her, he needs Utah to, he's like telling Utah, like, look, you need to help us out. You need to come with us here. Or he's going to be dead. So and Utah at this point us, still doesn't really know what they mean by help. Really doesn't know what they mean by help. But he finds out soon enough because they drive over and they're about to rob a bank.
1: Yep. And, and this is where you, you start to click in, and there's so much stuff going on, and one of the things that's great about the pacing of this film is it almost doesn't give you enough time to try and get ahead of the story. Yeah. you know, It's not that it's a difficult story to figure out, but because so many things that are happening that you're taking in, and it's so high-octane that when it jumps from scene to scene to scene to scene, you're not trying to figure out, what is Bodhi going to do? And then you think, oh, well, Bodhi's just going to kidnap her. Got it. So as long as you get me here... I'll release her, I get to go away, that's it. And it, it really, the first time I watched it, I didn't really contemplate another bank robbery. Yeah, I didn't either.
0: And the thing about it is, he gets Utah in the car, and they're about to do the bank robbery, and Keanu says this iconic line. I am an FBI agent! That one will go down in the, in the pantheon of just great, great film Th- lines. There's
1: got to be a supercut, and we haven't made it, and maybe we will, of... Keanuisms? isms Yeah, yeah. That's in there.
0: So we end up... They end up robbing the bank. Keanu doesn't have a mask on. He's got a bulletproof vest. He's got an unloaded shotgun that he can't use. And for some reason, Bodhi decides he's going to rob the vault.
1: Well, I think this... In my opinion, this is where you see Bodhi kind of panic. It's starting yeah. to get out of control. And I think he sees... First of all, he's an adrenaline junkie. That's made very clear. And he's all about testing limits. And we've never
0: seen him angry before. We've
1: never seen him mad. And he wants to push that limit. And when he's in there, I think he sees... This is probably gonna be the last time I can do this. Yep. He, I think he totally understands because he's not a dumb person. I'm not coming back to California. I'm not coming back here. Mm-mm. Tells his crew go in the vault, which clearly they had no intention of doing. No, not all of them, at all. all of them were like, "What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Oh my god, this is a terrible idea." And it turns out to be a fucking terrible idea. It was awful idea. Yeah. This ends up there
0: ends up being an undercover uh, not undercover sorry off duty cop right at the bank and he tries to get the security guard who refuses to help him but that's your job your security guard
1: well he gets killed don't worry
0: about it he, he does get killed um and the off duty cop also gets killed in the shootout and as does one of Bodie's guys and
1: Bodie is the one who kills the off duty cop yeah and you don't like you see the struggle with him in having to do that. He doesn't want to. He does not want to do it. And, you know, you made a really good point about this, where this film isn't one with a true bad guy. There's not a true bad because guy. Because there, and maybe this is just me, like, I, I'm all in on heist movies. I'm all in on robbing casinos and banks and all that stuff. And I don't know what it is about the films, but I look at it and go, ah, it's insured money. Like, we're not hurting the real people. <laughs> yeah. I don't really feel as bad about, like, a ho- like somebody who's robbing houses. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Somebody who's Robin Banks, I'm like, i kind of rooting for him to get away with it, you know? Yeah. So that's why movies like The Town and Ocean's Eleven and Heat and all Heat, those movies yep, yeah. work so well. And this is one of those films where you're like, I kind of want Tyler to get free, but Bodie to get his shit and get Bodie's away with it. Bodie's my
0: favorite character in of the film. Of course he is. Are you kidding me? I mean, so I want him to get away. I, I like him. He's nice, He's nice to Utah. He if Swayze was movies. Hannibal Lecter, I would have been rooting for Hannibal Lecter the whole fucking time. <laughs> That's probably true. That's, that's probably <laughs> true. So, this bank robbery goes awful. They're now on the run. They leave Utah there. They're running off. They're going to the airport, Santa Monica airport, because they're going to fucking fly to Mexico and they're done. They got some money. Yep. That's it. They lost a couple guys already. Uh, that so, just means
1: more money per. That just
0: means exactly. That's, the, that's the, the math thing. works out better. They're about to, the FBI is like trying to arrest uh, Utah, and Pappas comes in, punches John C. McGinley. Just, Obviously. <laughs> because Pappas is a great FBI agent. He's great agent. he just continues to show why he's so good. Takes Utah with him. Yeah. He's like, Where are we going? Sand Monica nope. Airport. Let's get let's get rolling here. We gotta stop these fuckers.
1: Now again, um In a show of Johnny Utah's brilliant police work and foresight, he fails to ever mention sort of what they're up against when they're going there because he was robbing the bank with this crew. Yeah, he wasn't willingly doing it, but he was doing it because again, Tyler has become the reason for him to do whatever it is that he's doing. And so when he gets in the car with Pappas, you would think one of the first things I would tell you if we were you know going to catch some guys is be like, hey, I was in there with six guys. Two of them are dead. So there's going to be four guys (laughs) there. So so when we get to where we're going, we're looking for four guys. It's not just going to be me and Bodie. It's not going to be me and Bodie and somebody else. There will be four other people there besides me. That conversation never happens. Never fucking happens. He drops Pappas off,
0: and then he drives about 100 yards to the plane, gets out, and Bodie's like, Oh, did you bring backup? And, and Utah's like, yeah, I got a guy with a gun trained on you right now. Yep. But there were only two dudes fucking standing there and the pilot. So now we got the other guy who comes out as Pappas has a gun trained on Bodhi. That that starts a firefight right now. That guy gets shot a couple times. Unfortunately, in the fucking melee, Pappas dies. And you know Goes who, down in a blaze of glory. And
1: you know whose fault that is? Utah's. That's Johnny Utah's
0: fault.
1: 100%. It's like everybody who dies in this movie for the most part, you can look at Johnny Utah and go, it's kind of your fault.
0: Yeah, that you you should have done a better job there. Yeah. So Pappas is dead. They force Utah on the plane. They're gonna fly over to Mexico and they're gonna fucking skydive out. Only got two parachutes though. So we get up there and now Bodie jumps out. The other guy, the other guy jumps out and um, because there's only two left at this point of the crew because yep. you know, the other guy died in this. The in only the one that's left firefight. is the one holding Tyler. Yeah, exactly. So. Now, basically, he uh, they both jump out of the plane. Utah doesn't have a chute. But Utah, and this was foreshadowed earlier because Tyler said, Bodie's the kind of guy that will take you to the edge, man. Yeah. And we'll see what you do when you get there. And you know what Utah did when he got there? He jumped out of the fucking plane without a parachute. One of the most badass moves I've
1: ever seen. So fucking bad. <laughs> Grabs the <a> gun, <laughs> fucking jumps. He was just, and like, drop a hat. I'm jumping out of this fucking plane. I'm getting we'll get this man. guy. Fuck this knee. <laughs> like, he. He loves Tyler. That's love. That is love. Now I would jump out. Of, I would jump out of a plane for my wife, but like nobody else. <laughs> so he
0: jumps out of this fucking plane. He's got no parachute on. Now the laws of physics are real, real interesting here because they had jumped out before him. He catches up to him. He doesn't even do the classic.
1: Yeah, he, gonna have the yeah, pose he to doesn't have poses like he doesn't do the to the Tom Cruise like no, you know swan no. dive. He's just like I'll get there.
0: Yeah, he gets there. Him and uh, Bodhi just kind of have a little fight there. But they also have this like there's that connection Weird during connection. the fight. It's, yeah, it's like Nah, Utah, you got to drop that fucking gun. I'm not pulling this shoot. Yeah. I'd rather kill they, myself they, and you. They had this crazy ass game of chicken, but it's like a game of respect, chicken. It really is. It's really well done. Too. Yeah, it is. Utah drops the gun, pulls the chute, and they land. But of course, Utah fucks up his knee. Trick again, knee. <laughs> that,
1: that knee, she's not doing great. He need, not doing well. Now. He might want to get that scoped. Yeah, he he definitely you know? needs something. Some k tape. Yeah, some oh, maybe, uh, he uh, might Maybe yeah. need some rehab. I don't a know. A copper fit
0: thing, yep. like Brett Favre yep. or something. Uh, Anything. He's gonna need something. So now Bodhi's true to his word though, because they're in Mexico now. So they release, they got the money, they're gone. They release uh Tyler, and you're kinda like, oh shit, man, this is a fucking good ending because we see that, okay, maybe he's gonna like catch him again in this in the sequel.
1: But no. Of all the films that should have had a sequel. Not, one, a remake, not a remake, not a remake, not a reboot.
0: Nope sequel
1: a sequel because it was so well set up for one and it, we watched it again today Yep, i've seen it a hundred times and never when we move past this point do i understand why we're doing it it doesn't make any sense Which, we
0: fast forward and they're in australia
1: yeah and, and the reason he he gets to australia is because there there was some stuff earlier in the movie about you know Bodhi's storm. yeah Bodie's dream was to to surf in australia where the biggest waves in the world hit during this you know, twice a century storm, and he theorized that it was happening, like, this year. So yeah. he wanted to get there. So Utah, after some time, apparently, trying to chase him across the world. He's
0: been tracing him the He's like, I almost caught you in Bali over here. I almost caught you over there. His hair
1: is significantly longer. Yep,
0: yep. And the FBI budget for him tracking this guy is significantly higher. Yes. Say. Well, uh, they didn't have to pay Pappas anymore. That's true. Pappas is gone. No pension there. <laughs> God. What a happens. terrible joke, Jed. I'm sorry. I apologize That's for that. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> so him and Bodie uh, fight, and this time Utah comes out on top because even though he gets his ass kind of kicked, he manages to get the handcuffs on Bodie. Yep. So now Bodie can't go run off and surf this wave. Cops are closing in. Bodie pleads with Utah, I want to surf this thing. I'm not going anywhere, man. There's cliffs on both sides. I'm not going to fucking... Paddle in New Zealand, not going to do any of that. So Utah understands, and there's that connection between them that is above uh, the FBI police work that he's doing. And so he undoes the handcuffs, lets Bodie go. Bodie goes and surfs it. We just see Bodie basically falling to his death,
1: Well, and, and presumably. And James Cameron did yep. an interview, he did and say, he came out
0: and said, Bodie killed himself. Yeah, they changed the ending. They made sure of that, because um, you know he was married, I think, to Catherine Bigelow at the time. Yep. And so uh, that's it. But Bo- Bodie dies. Utah walks off.
1: Chucks away his Rolls His badge.
0: He's done. He's fucking done. Well, he
1: he's a terrible cop. Like he's got to be getting fired at some point. Yeah, he's bad <laughs> he's at not, this. He's
0: not very good. And that's it, man. Yeah, and that's the film. That's the wonderful fucking film that is Point Break. Yeah,
1: and, and there's so much again to pick apart about it. But all of the stuff that you pick apart, you wouldn't take out. No, because no it it adds to the the glory of this. <laughs> this film it's so incredibly entertaining it is one of those rare perfect melds of drama action campiness Mm -hmm. new stars like nobody in it was huge like Swayze was huge yeah but it wasn't this conglomeration of five or six gigantic stars it was perfect for the moment the performances while Keanu hadn't hit his speed yet you had (laughs) nice
0: that was for you buddy I appreciate that uh,
1: you know Swayze was on top of his game you had some uneven performances but for some reason all of those weird ingredients came together and made a great film yeah um, but this is actually a, not a lot of people understand this or know this this is a trilogy is um, it really? yeah this is a trilogy and, and I, I didn't come up with this theory I mean I think a lot of people have had this theory and I've thought this for a while and you've told me this theory and I'm like that makes too much sense yeah no so so this movie and again I'm not taking sole credit for this I, I'm sure that other people have had it and I've thought this a long time so maybe I heard it from somebody but this this works out too perfectly and I want somebody to make this film. I want somebody, anybody out there who wants to do this, make it, let me know, I will buy it. Um, <laughs> so the first movie in this trilogy is Roadhouse. Okay, so Roadhouse, brilliant film. I'm going it's going to be one of my recommendations all three of these films are going to be recommendations for me today is you watch Roadhouse and at the end of it Dalton who is incredibly philosophical he's got a degree in philosophy he knows how to fight but he gets disillusioned with the entire process and he just rides off into the sunset Mm -hmm. so Dalton just goes away and there is a straight to video Roadhouse 2 that Dalton's not in so they they kind of say he's gone dead but we don't know maybe he just disappeared maybe he did and what I'm saying is Dalton went to California and said, fuck all this bouncing game. I'm just going to surf and be good because I got paid well while I was a cooler. So, you know, Wade Garrett's gone. I'm going, I'm going to the West Coast. All right. So when he gets to the West Coast, he changed his name to Bodie. <laughs> and because he an, would <laughs> comes a surfer. Now, in point break, he meets Johnny Utah, who's a quarterback from Ohio State. Yep, that's true. Now, at the end of point break, as we just told you, Johnny Utah chucks it in. Now we learned earlier he still got the arm. Still got
0: the uh, still got a cannon.
1: All right. He can chuck that thing all over the yard. Yes, he can. So at the end of that, he walks off. He's clearly not gonna be an FBI agent anymore. And I'm pretty sure what he did was he moved to Washington, (laughs) D.C., changed his name to Shane Falco, who was also a quarterback from Ohio State in the movie The Replacements. Mm -hmm. So the trilogy is Roadhouse, then you watch Point Break, and then you watch The Replacements. And that's a little gift from me to you. What do you think? Am I right? I think you're 100% right. Yeah, I do too. I really do. I do too. And it's It's a great trilogy to watch right there. Yep, Because it's three really good movies. It's three really good movies. And at the end of the day, that's all you need for a trilogy. That's it. I mean, I'll give
0: recommendations here, but they're going to pale in comparison to that. I can't fucking follow that. Thanks for taking the first slide, dude. Yep, nope. It's all you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to recommend Heat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, he's a really really good heist film I hey, really enjoy pay it pay attention
1: to Al Pacino's insane performance yeah. in
0: Heat here's the thing little, little little, piece of information on he Al Pacino has some of the greatest quotes and deliveries ever but felt the need that he had to explain why because even he knew for Al Pacino they were fucking over the top batshit crazy his character had a coke problem but they cut that shit out of the movie because they wanted him to be a more relatable nice, nicer guy it and didn't work it didn't work it didn't work. Because, I mean, when he's just like, you get killed walking your doggy. And she had a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> when he's When he's doing all that shit, it's just, it's too much. So, watch Heat. Oh, uh, If you want to see a good film. Man, uh, Jed is <laughs> into the impressions
1: tonight. I'm, I'm really digging am. this, I'm, man. I'm, this, this is a treat. I'm
0: going all out. And then, um, if you want to see a bad version of Heat, uh, watch Dead of Thieves. Cause yep. You get that, and you get a little bit of um, Usual Suspects on that, and you get Gerard Butler always eating stuff. I mean, there's a scene where he chews gum, and about five seconds later, picks up a donut. <laughs> now, I'm not one to chew gum and eat at the same time, but he's literally chewing gum and eating a donut. That donut's going to get stuck on that gum. That's not going to be good. I mean, That's going to be awful. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm glad that when you watched Dead of Thieves that that was your
0: problem. That was one of my main problems. There's a lot, though that movie's 2 hours and 20 minutes and has zero character development I have no fucking clue how they managed to do that and that defeat in and of itself
1: well in the sequel maybe we'll find out because they're we'll making one out. They are sure making they one. are and uh, I guess one other recommendation just because uh, you know we talked about Swayze a million times I can't remember if we've re- recommended this film before but we can't wreck it enough is Waking Up in Reno Waking
0: Up in Reno so it's we, just have a funny movie. It, we have wrecked it Have we? and we have to continue to wreck it because yeah. people just need to see it
1: yeah let us know uh, what you think of that one because it's been one of our favorites for years it's just a really really good film so guys before we let you go uh, i just wanted to tell you thank you so much for the feedback on the romantic comedy episode yeah uh, that absolutely. really that really fired up a lot of you guys we've had some great <laughs> uh tweets we've had some great emails about it and it's inspired us because you guys let us know what we missed which is great like you guys we I, couldn't we knew we couldn't cover it all but yeah we, knew we, were and do some things. we had some people talk to us about mcconaughey um <laughs> yep. so if you I, we we know that we missed Matthew McConaughey. We are going to cover him extensively, but I think we've decided we've got to do uh, another romantic comedy episode in the future to sort of cover we, the we things that we did. Will. So yeah. um, we will try and hit all of those, but uh, keep letting us know what you like. Keep letting us know what we missed because we definitely want to know that. And thanks so much, guys, for engaging with us and, and talking to us because, you know, we, we love it. That's that we want to talk to you guys about films, and that's our favorite thing to do. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us again. You can find us at Sig Burns Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email us at cigaretteburnspodcast at yahoo.com. And, you know, we'll let Keanu take you home and we'll talk to you next time. Vaya con Dios.